Okay, well, thank you for that introduction. Good evening, and thank you to Dr. Lee and the Asian American Center, as well as Fuller Theological Seminary, for inviting me to be your guest here this evening. I'm honored to be here for the first time on this campus since I entered the field of psychology in the 1990s. When I was asked to speak on the state of Asian American psychology, I immediately thought to myself, how much time do I have? <laughs> but I was very relieved when I was asked to speak for 20 minutes on specific topics. So thank you all for choosing to spend your Friday evening listening to the state of Asian American psychology. Very impressive. All right, I'm going to try and cram in a whole bunch in 22 minutes. All right. So on that note, let's go straight into what is Asian American psychology. I will highlight some of the who, how, what, and why of Asian American psychology. There are many other acronyms um, that are used, or actually, let me start back. As I get started on my talk, I wanted to mention that when I use the term Asian American, I am referring to people from multiple groups who are categorized as Asian and Pacific Islander who racially and ethnically identify with this population. There are many other acronyms used to describe this population, such as ANAPIs and APIDAs, but I will use the acronym APIA which the U.S. Census uses to label Asian and Pacific Islander Americans. Okay? All right, let's see if I can get my technology right. That's the next slide. Okay. All right, so let's start with the who comprises the categories. As you can see, the group includes more than 66 ethnic groups that are often described by geographical regions, such as East Asian, Southeast Asian, and South Asian. When people think about the term Asian American, they tend to think about the entire Asian American population as being homogenous, as one big racial or ethnic group, when in reality the population is a very heterogeneous group with unique characteristics and demographics. In the United States, the APIA population grew faster than any other group between 2000 and 2010, and the numbers who reported being Asian alone increased by 43%. APIAs are the fastest growing major racial group in the United States. This chart does not include the Pacific Islander population, but my next slide does. So if you look at this chart, Indians and Filipinos are now the second and third largest ethnic groups as we head into the 2000 or as we head into the 2020 census multiracial individuals are growing faster than those self-reporting single ethnicities and additionally um, Asians and whites are the second most common intermarriage pairings these numbers do not reflect the um, undocumented Asians residing in the United States, but it does reflect the demographic shift of the browning of America, whereby 2050, the majority of the population will be people of color and multiracials. As, as mentioned in the previous slide, both the Asian and Pacific Islander population increased, and the Pacific Islander population also includes multiple ethnic groups. 
Just as Asian Americans are often lumped together under one racial group, Pacific Islanders are as well. Since APIAs are paired together, I want to point out that Pacific Islanders have different historical experiences of living in the United States in comparison to Asians residing in the United States. The majority of Asians immigrated to the United States and most likely had acculturative experiences negotiating adaptation to the mainstream American culture whereas Pacific Islanders did not have the same migratory experiences and had to navigate residing in the United States differently. Native Hawaiians and other Pacific Islanders adaptation experiences are different because their lands were occupied by the white majority. They had their identities taken from them and have to negotiate forming new identities on their own territories. Doctors EJR David and Kevin Adell describe these psychological experiences as reflecting settler colonialism or colonial mentality in dealing with the dominant majority occupying their space and lands. The field of uh, excuse me, the field of Asian American psychology emerged from the 1960s civil rights movement, which was born out of decades of violence, inequality, racial tension, discrimination, and political unrest. I want to note that well before civil rights, Asian Americans have been in this country um, since the 1500s and 1800s, well before this country was founded. Their experiences have been one of oppression and, oppression and struggles, as well as one of resistance and resilience. They've had to cope and endure for centuries. The 60s and 70s spawned a time when minorities were establishing their place in America stronger than ever. African-American movements and protests inspired others to address the realities of being a person of color or a minority in the United States. Whether it was Rosa Parks protests, Martin Luther King speeches, marches, the Black Panthers power movement, the strong vocal presence of African-Americans amplified the voices of injustice for others across the nation. Some of the key activists from the Chicano Latinx populations, Native Americans and Asian Americans formed allies and joined the movement, sharing their realities of what it meant to be Asian American. Not everyone was in agreement in joining the power movement and using, or excuse me, not everyone was in agreement in joining the power movement or using the label Asian American but it was a shift away from using the offensive terms like oriental or mongoloid. By recognizing the shared history of political, systemic, and racial discrimination, many believed they would have a stronger voice together and collectively began using the term Asian American. Like other folks of color in the United States, APIAs vocalized their oppression, their experiences with unjust laws, segregation, interracial marriage discrimination, forced labor, and internment camp narratives through political activism as well. Despite being portrayed as a model minority or the cream of the crop from their prospective countries, post-1965, 
APIAs were finding that hard work, responsibility, education, and keeping their head down was not enough. Unfortunately, living in America, especially during that time, non-white individuals continued to face institutional barriers that impacted their upward mobility, advancement, and progress. I remember my parents telling me that I needed to work twice as hard in this country to achieve success because I'm brown and not white. Many black, yellow, red, brown folks have heard something similar. So here you have this part of American history with generations of people who have experienced significant mental and physical distress and a psychology not fully equipped to deal with the racial realities and cultural experiences of their people. Historically, traditional theories of psychotherapy and models of psychopathology were conceptualized and normed on the experiences of European American males and later females. You've all heard of Freud, Pearls, Skinner, Adler, Fritz, yes? If you do a Google search on famous psychologists, you'll see what I'm talking about. I captured the first 36 images out of 51 that popped up. Every single one of them is a white male, and of these 36, three are women. Psychology and mental health has been developed, but with a Eurocentric worldview and Western perspective. In September of 1968, the American Psychological, at the American Psychological Association Convention, black psychologists formed the first national organization to challenge traditional frameworks of psychology. They challenged the paradigms that conceptualized black individuals as deficient, racially inferior, having lesser IQs, and higher pathologies. They dismantled theories of eugenics, questionized, questioned standardized educational and, excuse me, educational and psychological testing practices with regard to unfair evaluations and applications that were normed and validated on upper to white middle class individuals. Books like Even the Rat Was White by Dr. Bob Guthrie, Psychology of Blacks by Dr. Uh, Joe White, both of whom who are no longer with us, along with many other prominent African-American psychologists who were males and females, spawned a new era of questioning traditional white normativity models of mental health treatment and service delivery for minorities. So here I am in uh, 1993 with Dr. Uh, White and, Dr., Dr. and Guthrie. I was fortunate to have Dr. White during my undergraduate years and Dr. Guthrie during my graduate years to challenge me to think about how traditional white normativity was being applied to all Asian Americans and encouraged me to define Asian American psychology based upon our realities. You can see here in a note from Dr. Nobles, another African American scholar saying, may you find the truth of Indian psychology, reflecting the importance that even within the Asian American umbrella, there are different ethnic group realities that I needed to consider 
the experiences and cultures of all APIA groups as I entered the profession in 1992. I share this with you to give you an understanding that publishing our Asian American psychology textbook stems from a larger systemic context in thinking about Asian Americans as a whole, but also considering race and ethnicity as constructs in psychology. Dr. White helped pave the way for creating a textbook that was inclusive of the psychological differences between Asian Americans. A few years after the Association of Black Psychologists was created, Drs. Darrell and Stanley Sue founded the Asian American Psychological Association. They and other mental health professionals and scholars also challenged the application of traditional models of treatment and service delivery to API populations, forming a discipline expanding beyond white normative paradigms. For the next 45 years, Asian American scholars and clinicians published articles and books considering the racial differences in developing culturally relevant methodologies and guidelines. They battled white normalcy by incorporating the worldviews, experiences, immigration histories, and other factors to make more, or excuse me, to make psychology more inclusive to their racial and ethnic groups. The goal was to expand traditional psychology to be inclusive of Asian, excuse me, <laughs> their goal was uh, to be inclusive of Asian American psychology, but within the field of Asian American psychology, East Asian populations such as Chinese, Japanese, thank you, and Koreans were primarily the dominant voice and focus of research, clinical studies, and mental health, or mental health recommendations. Dr. Nadal's recent article on the Brown Asian Movement talks about how East Asians were often the face of what was and is Asian American dating back to the 60s civil rights yellow power movement. He also talks about how South Asian Americans, Philippine Americans, and Southeast Asian Americans vocalized feelings of marginalization and exclusion within their pan-Asian group and were viewed as not Asian enough. A similar parallel was happening in Asian American psychology where South Asian Americans, Filipino Americans, Southeast Asians, among others, were experiencing feelings of invisibility and marginalization and exclusivity within the AAPA organization. In 2001, to create a space for South Asian voices, I co-founded SUPNA, the South Asian Psychological Networking Association, which led to the forming and founding of the first ethnic division within AAPA. In 2010, the Division on Filipino Americans was founded to also create a place of inclusivity and greater representation in psychology. Many of the existing Asian American psychology books were published by East Asian authors who conducted research and clinical work on limited populations. Even Dr. Lee noticed that an Indian American and a Filipino American were the new faces of Asian American psychology. 
So we've covered uh, the who and uh, the how and who of Asian American psychology. I realize this is a very, a lot of text for this screen. So read this definition at your leisure. But what I really wanted to say is, you know, I mentioned earlier that traditional psychologies have relied upon Eurocentric worldviews and perspectives to conceptualize APIAs. So this definition is based upon the demographics, the literature, research, and practice of Asian American psychology and Asian American studies that incorporates the between and within group differences and diversity, such as regional language and religious differences. If you look at the Asian American psychological literature, your literature, you will notice that there are some distinctive issues that have been identified in working with API populations. However, the saliency of each of these issues and the degree of relevance differs individually and between ethnic groups. Someone with a Thai American identity who immigrated with a traditional migration pattern will negotiate their identity differently than a Samoan on their own land. Acculturation varies according to multiple factors, such as generational status, age of immigration, and even geographic location. A Korean American residing in Koreatown may find it easier to maintain their connection, culture, and customs versus a Korean American living where there are few opportunities to engage with members of their ethnic group. Or it's, oops, excuse me. Or a Taiwanese international student may negotiate cultural differences and their values differently than a Taiwanese American. Or an American born multiracial may not ethnically identify with their Asian origin at all. So the updated 2017 American Psychological Association Multicultural Guidelines focuses on intersectionality. Dimensions of identity and oppression like gender, sexual orientation, disability, and so on are also emphasized when working with um, API populations therapeutically and also understanding their psychological strengths. So these issues clearly hold different significance for each individual and also ver uh, vary in how they manifest clinically. For example, if you look at me, I'm a second generation Indian American. My parents immigrated because of the 1965 Naturalization and Immigration Act. They arrived in San Francisco and then moved to Little India and Artesia in LA where I was born. My parents had an arranged marriage. My dad was an engineer. My mom was a stay-at-home parent. I was raised to be bicultural, and they encouraged me to be, maintain both cultures. But negotiating these identities was not easy, and it came with stress and pressure to balance the expectations and traditions of both. I married a second-generation Indian American whose parents immigrated at the same time, had a love marriage, and were employed as founding UCI professors. But, but his parents didn't emphasize biculturalism based on their acculturative experiences. They raised him to believe he needed to be more American to be successful. 
So although both of our parents had similar immigration histories in pursuing the American dream, our parents negotiated their acculturation differences, their identities and values differently. I also wanted to say that when I share my family immigration history, I'm also well aware that my Asian American story may be perceived as one of power and privilege, since my ethnic group has unique demographic characteristics of a large population, different educational backgrounds and socioeconomic status in comparison to other APIA groups. So to assume homogeneity within all Asian Americans or within all API populations is an error. So we need to continue to expand our view of what is Asian American based upon demographics and also be inclusive of ethnic groups lacking population representation in the API racial category. For too long, psychology has lumped or focused on few Asian groups as a dominant voice and face of Asian American psychology. Psychology needs to know that the experiences of a Southeast Asian refugee or a Khmer genocide victim is not the same as an East Asian first generation Issei or a fourth generation Yonsei Japanese American. Cambodians, multiracial individuals, Pakistani Americans, transnational adoptees, and Asian Americans with disabilities, as well as Native Hawaiians, are all represented in the API population and have unique narratives that comprise their individual and collective psychology. As we remain highly diverse or excuse me, as we remain highly aware of the diverse diversity that exists, an inclusive Asian American psychology should not minimize the racial experiences of multiracial individuals who are too often viewed as not Asian enough. Instead, they should be viewed as 100% Asian and 100% black instead of half Asian and half black, as noted by Dr. E.J.R. David in his recent tweet. Inclusivity should remain a priority as the APIA population continues to grow. As we continue to think about inclusivity, it's important to note that the field has been shifting. We have a new generation that is politically, socially, and psychologically aware of their identities, whether it is racial, ethnic, gender, sexual, or intersecting. I look at my own family and the differences in how salient acculturation, values, education, and our experiences of discrimination has shaped our psychologies living here in America. As a parent of two teenagers, one a college freshman and the other a high school sophomore, I spend a lot of time thinking about the past, the present, and the future of what it means to be Asian American from the perspective of three generations, both personally and professionally. But for others, why is Asian American psychology important? As I reflect on my experiences and the experiences of my students, colleagues, and faculty, almost all of them can remember when, 
they first met an Asian American professor, read their first journal article that identified subjects from their own ethnic group, found an Asian American culturally competent therapist when they took their first Asian American psychology class, when they went to their first Asian American psychological association convention and saw others that shared their interests. It is these experiences that gives faculty, students, clinicians, and future professionals affirmation, validation, and normalization of the psychological, systemic, structural, and political experiences of what it means to be Asian American. I know that I remember how each of those felt personally, academically, and clinically. Thank you.